and join the Youth for Christ Performing Arts Ministry. So for one, here's what you have to do. So be a dancer, you at least have to be eight years old. Be in mind, you have to at least be in middle school. We work hard and have lots of fun. And if you're wondering what Youth for Christ is about, come on, we'll show you. Yeah, come yeah. on. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to love and see each other the way you love and see us. Come on. My heart is always long for something more. I search the stars to not go heaven's dawn. Creation goes for God to be revealed. Everyone we carry will be my eyes on the sun, Lord, y'all will be done. Thine is the kingdom, yeah. the power, the glory, yeah. forever and ever. Yeah. He finished my story. Yeah. We're singing freedom. 
transition right now. God is so good. But I got to ask for forgiveness because this is my recent graduate, or you Dickens. We got to give Dylan some love. Yes, yeah. Got to give him some love. I appreciate you, Dylan. Love you. Love his family. 
Proud of you, brother. Let's go. No pressure. Good morning. I am youth deacon Dylan Stewart, and the scripture for the morning will come from Matthew, the 19th chapter, verses 13 through 14, and they read as follows. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pause to say thank you for the, your many blessings. We thank you for your great youth weekend. And Father, I, think, I thank you personally for my family in this great cave chapel village. As they, can, as they continue to shower us, our youth, with so much love and support, thank you. Thank you, Father, for watching over us this school year, and we ask to continue and order our footsteps as we provide hedge around protection around us. And, Father, please hedge your protection around the summer, too. We say, thank, we say a special prayer for the families that have been suffering from bereavement. Father, we ask that you keep them encouraged and remind them that there is not a, remind them that there is not a hurt or pain that heaven can't heal. We thank you for the spoken word provided for us this morning. We ask that today's lesson inspire us all to remain faithful in our work of being the type of Christians that you created us to be. We ask these and many blessings in your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel family. Good morning. My name is Jasmine Loving, and it is my gracious honor to welcome you all to K Chapel's Youth Day of 2023. As Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will never depart from it. We cannot wait to share the numerous ways we display our youthful worship with you today. And we must remember, all that will take place today is for the one and only Almighty God, so that he may continue to be lifted high. Again, thank you and welcome to Youth Day. Better than that. I know you can celebrate our children better than that. Listen, while we're celebrating, you know this is First Sunday, and I'm going to ask all of you that have birthdays this month, that you would stand. All of the June babies, will you stand? Come on now and let us celebrate you. the Nate Ruffin Swing for Knowledge Golf Classic is in just a few weeks, just a few weeks away. So, so I want you to do this. Will the members of that scholarship board, we stand? If any of you are here, will you stand? All right, all right. If you're wanting to participate, if you wanted to participate or become a sponsor, I ask that you see one of these board members and they will get you signed up, okay? All right, thank you so much.
We're going to have emphasis on the Men's Day celebration and activities coming from Tory Owens. Are you here? Morning, Saints. How y'all doing? All right. So, Men's Day is the second Sunday in um, June, June 10th. <clears throat> and also, leading up to it, we'll have bowling uh, on Monday, June 5th. And then we'll also have skeet shooting that Saturday. So, if you would like to do skeet shooting, please see myself or Thomas Owens. And we'd like all men to come on out. Okay? All men. Our colors will be red and black. And uh, Ricky Thickpin will be getting us ready for our ser song services for that for that day. So please, uh, all men, when you're touched, called, emailed, let's let's show up like we always do. Okay? All right. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Keep all of the. We ask that you keep all of these announcements in mind. And now we ask that you would prepare for the offering. Well, it's tithes and offerings time. This is, the, this is the time where we all get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our givings. We here at Kate Chapel fully understand to, to truly worship God includes our offerings, which are given primarily for three reasons. The first reason is because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. The second reason is to be given as a sign of thanksgiving for God providing all of our needs. And the third reason why we give is we simply want to see the kingdom of God grow <laughs> through the ministries and the ministries that occur here through our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through K Chapel. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can use a traditional envelope system. You can, I like it. You can mail it in. You can drop it off by the office. You can also use the K Chapel app. Now, for those that are joining us by live stream, on live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your givings by utilizing the number that is on your screen right now. I just did it. So how much you give or, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a good giver. Thank you very much. Amen. Hey, y'all.
Sister Lula Cheatham and the Cheatham family. As we always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and every day of your life, just thank God that you can. Good morning. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. As a testament of Portia Moore's faith, this scripture has been the guiding light for her career as a minister of the gospel into her walk of everyday life. Portia Moore is a young, motivational evangelist, born and raised in the capital city of Jackson, Mississippi. She hails from a family whose deeply rooted and cemented legacy into an invested commitment to the work of the Lord. Her family dynamic is for generational blessings like singing, preaching, pastoring, and the gift of prophetically leading souls to salvation. Pastor Moore was called to join his dynamic legacy by way of pastoral ministry in 2015. Currently, she serves as a youth pastor and director of the Performing Arts Ministry at her home church, Stronger Hope Baptist Church. In 2018, Portia obtained a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology from the historic Tougaloo College and in 2021, a Master of Arts in Biblical and Geological Studies at Belhaven University. She is now pursuing her Doctor of Ministry degree at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Pastor Moore enjoys living every day as if it could be her last. Therefore, she enjoys spending time with children, mentoring and leading them to live a life like Christ. She is young, safe, and happy, which is an impressive example for our youth today as we made the commitment to follow and remain in Christ. Her lifelong work is dedicated to giving back to her community especially the youth, because she truly believes and understands that it takes a village to raise a child. I present to you your youth day speaker, Pastor Portia Renee Moore. Bless you. Come on, Gloria. Before our youth come minister to you for one last time this morning, we would just like to um, note that this is Madison Duvall's senior recognition as her last ministry with us for Youth for Christ. She'll be graduate. Well, she already graduated from Northwest Franklin High School, and she will be going off to college to Mississippi State. So, welcome them as they come. Sorry, she's going to Ole Miss.
If you're happy to be in the house of God, come on and give God a wonderful hand clap of praise. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, come on, somebody ought to make the devil out of a liar on this morning. For we know that the devil comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But God said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly to the pastor of this great church and to all of my children in Christ. Thank you again for this opportunity to come before you on today. When I was growing up in youth church in the late 90s and early 2000s, we had a song 
that we would sing. We wouldn't sing a lot of fast songs, but we had a few slow songs that we would often sing. And many of you may know it. And it goes, silver and gold. That's an old one. Silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus. Anybody rather have Jesus than silver and gold? No fame or fortune. No to what it says don't give me a mansion y'all know it on top of the today, we'll go to the text of Luke, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20, Luke 15, 11 through 20. And it reads, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far away country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father 
And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. On this morning, we can use as a subject, he took me back. He took me back. And right now, you ought to just look at the person who borrowed money from you, and today is payday. But you saw them on Facebook showing off their new Louis Vuitton. Look at them and say, I'm so glad that he took me back. The writer of Luke, one who traveled and interviewed with many of those who were closely associated with Jesus. Luke was one who was also known as a social and political activist. One who would say presents and proves how Jesus was concerned for the least, the lost, the left out, and the looked down upon, and the left behind. Here in Luke, we find Jesus feasting with publicans and sinners. And while he was feasting, the Bible says he begins this parable, a story that is used to illustrate moral and spiritual lessons that proves the meaning behind one's truth. Here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, we find the teaching of the lost sheep. We find the teaching of the lost coin, and now the lost son. The sheep in the text was lost because of curiousness. The coin was lost because of carelessness. And now we have the son who is lost because of comingness of living. But rather, if it was out of curiousness or comingness of living, one thing that we can all agree on is, is no matter how far away we may be, the Lord will always let his child come back home. Some parents have three children. One may turn out bad or they may have four and two may go astray. And the strange thing is, is that these children, they come from godly homes, raised in the same circumstances, raised in the same principles and raised in the same environments, yet to go the wrong way. Parents have done the best that they could, and no one is perfect but God. Parents have been slaving hard, working hard, making sure that your child has a good education, buying your child their needs and their wants, raising them in church. But yet children have become prodded towards their parents, and not only towards their parents, but also towards God. Children have become rebellious. Children have become defiant. Children have become disobedient and insubordinate, unmanageable, ungovernable, unruly, rude, and ruleless and manipulative. They get full of themselves and children have the big head and want to move in their own way. That's what I call they have moved into a far away country. And no, 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 this message on this morning is not to bash you. So grown people, don't get your arms folded up and saying, mm-hmm, Portia is talking about you all. But not only has children become manipulative and rebellious, insubordinate, rude and reckless and manipulative, but also adults have become also. 
Yes, you two have pulled away from God and have moved into a far away country. But what's so shout worthy is, is whenever you have messed up, whenever you are need help, whenever you are lost, whenever you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, whenever you have removed yourself from the presence of God and started acting on your own understanding and not leaning on him, and now that your life has gotten so messed up, you want to call up the main line. Hey, God, is Portia on the phone. It's me again. What I like about God being my father is that I can always, come back home I don't have to beg God I don't have to plead with God his arms are always open waiting for his child and on this morning I don't know who that word is for on this morning but I'm here to tell you that no matter how far you disobeyed God no matter how far you backslid from the Lord, no matter how bad and evil sins that may have been committed against him, he will still let you come back home. It doesn't matter your age, you can come back home. It doesn't matter your current situation, he will let you come back home. And I just wonder, is there anyone other than me on today just glad that God is a God of big miracles? Not only is he a God of big miracles but he's a God of second chances anyone ever got a second chance in the house on this morning he's a God that will take you at your lowest build you back up anybody know that he will clean you up he will restore you and make you all over again and place you in the path of his perfect will I'm just here on today to tell you that he will let you come back it's never too late to start over with the Lord. He will let you come back. Anyone know that he will take you in the palm of his hand and bring you out of your brokenness, bring you out of your defeat, and give you brand new life in him. It does not matter how long it's been, God will fully restore you. I'm here to tell you that you are not a lost cause, and your current situation is not a hopeless situation. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ can cover every every single sin that you have ever committed against the Lord. You ought to be glad that you've got a daddy who will take you back. Yes, sometimes I was rebellious, but he took me back. Yes, sometimes, God, I was low down, but he took me back. Yes, God, sometimes I was trifling, but he took me back. Yes, God, I was talking back to my parents, but he took me back. Yes, God, I had bad grades in school, but he took me back. Yes, God, I was foolish, but he took me back right now. I wish I had 10 people in the sanctuary on today who can just say, God, I thank you for taking me back. That's all that's going on in the text on today. There's a father whose son has moved into the faraway country. And it didn't turn out the way that he wanted it to but he was still able in the midst of everything to come back home. The story of the prodigal son is a story, not so much a story about sin, it's more of a story about lostness. Lostness, not badness, but more of awayness. But here in the text, the true emphasis of the story is not on the sons, but it's on his father. 
It's the unveiling story of the heart of God. See, the central truth of this parable is the picture of our Heavenly Father's love towards undeserving sinners. Here in the text, the young man has exploded in rebellion. In other words, he knew what he wanted, and his desires led him to gamble all into getting what God had condemned. In other words, this son loved sin. He loved sin because it promised satisfaction to his appetite and his ambitions. And it lured him in by its promises. It has fascinated him and it has hypnotized him. So now he rebels against the father and he shows that he is dissatisfied with his father's provisions, his father's restrictions, and his father's guidance. And just like this son, we too dis get dissatisfied with God's provisions, his restrictions, and his guidance. And this is what we have to understand on today. In this Christian walk is that we have to understand that we can make our own plans. But we have to learn how to let the Lord determine our steps. We can make our own plans. But we have to let the Lord determine our steps. I hope this helps us understand it better. Your steps are already planned. God already has that work out, and the work doesn't have to be applied to where you are going, but the work has to be applied to you so that when you get to where you are going, you can handle what you have to handle. For the Bible says the steps of a good man and the steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. If you look in the Bible, you see even Jesus had some steps. They tried to crown him too soon, and Jesus ran away and disappeared because they were trying to make him skip the steps. Jesus was saying, wait a minute, you can't crown me until you cross me because it's my cross that makes up my crown. Somebody ought to just say, it's the steps. It's the steps. And anytime we get things too soon, we begin to trip over the steps. So God puts us in a process, and he begins to order our steps. And the enemy, brothers and sisters, will try to tell you that where you are right now is not where God wants you to be. And he begins to manipulate you into thinking that there is something out there that's better for you. The enemy will tempt us to move forward and ahead of God's plan for our lives. And sometimes God will give us what we think we want in order to realize that is not what God intended for us to have at that time. And I'm telling you that when you get ahead of God and his provisions for your life, you can end up losing everything that you've ever had. But then again, once again, what I like about God being my daddy once again is, it's not only can I come back after losing it all, but when I get back, when I get back in his presence, I gain more than I ever lost. Let me say that again. What I like about God being my daddy, when I get back in his presence, I can gain more than I ever lost. Some of us not, not, not catching it. Let me help you out. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me break it down. This happens consecutively. Whenever my dad asks me to go to the grocery store, he gives me a $50 bill. And he gives me a grocery list worth about $140, and 
through $160. So when I get to the store, I'm already knowing that I have to make this come out of my own pocket. And I may not get my funds back until midnight of the next day. It may even be at the end of the week. But I do notice is that the amount that I always get back is always greater than the amount that I ever spent. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is when you make it back to God, God will give you a double portion of everything that you've ever lost. And right now, I wish I had someone in here could have just say, I'm ready for my double portion. I've got to get back home. I looked up my guy in the text. I texted him, called him. He didn't text me back. Later on, he finally reached back out to me and said, Portia, what do you want? I said, I need a word to tell the church on today. He said, I want you to look at the rejection of home and the return of home and the reception of home. I proceeded to ask him this first question. I said, my first question is, why did you leave? And he responded and said he was sick of being at home. Here we are in the text in verse, verse 12. It says, the younger of them said to his father, Give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And they divided the property between them. As like the son in the text, we all have been prodigal of our father's gifts and blessings that we have all received from him. Yet we have lived and some of us are still living as though Christ has never died. We have lived with self at the center and away from the compassion-loving heart and the home of the father. This son is tired of living under his father's roof. He's tired of living under his father's rules. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? We've all been there at one point in our maturing years. However, this young man was in a different situation from us. The father in the text was a religious man. He followed the tenets of the Jewish faith. The younger son knew that the Jewish law had provided him with a third of his father's expendable income. The son, the other son, would receive the other two-thirds. So this young man took it upon himself and decided that he was better off taking his portion now than later and making his own way in the world without his father's guidance. Now, when a par parent normally passes away, this is what we call a death benefit. And while his father was still alive, he had no right to claim it yet. But he asked for it anyway, and the father gave it to him. He asked, and the father said, yes. And in this part of the text, God spoke to me in study, and he said, sometimes you have to let people go completely in order to gain them back fully. Here in the text, the father has now released him completely. And sometimes that's what God does to us. He lets us go from time to time, but he is always watching from the sideline. He's watching to see what we will do. Will we do his will and his work, or will we get caught up in self and fall? But the good thing is, is when we do fall, God is always there to comfort us. But have you noticed that most of the time when we're in prayer, we don't always pray and ask God, but we tell God what we want in a demanding way. Instead of God, if it be your will, we end up saying, God, I want. 
God, I want this right now. God, I want that right now. God, I want to do this. And we find ourselves beating down heaven's door, thinking that we know so much better than God. So now that we're begging and pleading to, for God to do something in our life, it may not be his will or may not be in his will right now in the season that you're in. But since you beg so much, God said, I'm going to let you have what you wanted so desperately so that you can experience it to the fullest and recognize that I knew better than you did all along. And what you think you want right now is really not what's best for you. I'm just here to tell you that God knows when to bless you. God knows how to bless you. All you have to do is just let him teach you patience with the process. Somebody say patience with the process. It's through the process where you learn that tribulations produces perseverance. It's through the process where you learn that tribulations produces hope. It's through the process where you learn, learn that tribulations produces patience. Your process is not designed to destroy you. Your process is designed to develop you. It is to fortify you and to teach you and train you for your blessing. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that there is a danger in receiving blessings that you are not ready for. And you will end up blowing big opportunities due to the lack of preparation. We have to prepare for God's blessings and his promises. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. It makes no sense to say that we're ready to receive God's blessing and do nothing to position and prepare yourself for it. Why? Because God's blessing requires faith into action. Somebody say faith into action. And in order to prepare for your blessing, the first thing we must do is to plant the seed. When you are planting the seed in the ground, what you're doing is positioning yourself and preparing yourself for a harvest and God's blessing. For example, if you're believing in God to become a millionaire, you ought to plant the seeds of knowledge in the ground by educating yourself on how to obtain the wealth that you're believing in God for. If you're believing in God for a house, your seed may include researching the housing market, finding out what credit score, what you need to get approved for a mortgage loan. This is how you begin to prepare for your blessing. Whatever you're believing in God for, you first have to plant the seed in the ground for the harvest that you're expecting. And when you plant the seed in the ground, next you have to tend to your seed and water your seed. Because watering encourages growth and is done in expectation of a harvest. Gardeners often use this principle because they water their seeds periodically despite the fact of not seeing a harvest yet. They understand that their consistency will yield them a harvest in due season. In other words, your preparation of your harvest or blessing should include going down on Niway Station because although you've been watering your seed and not seeing nothing yet, believing and having faith says your harvest is coming in due season. And I don't know about you, but I'm just glad that I got some things that I'm believing in God for. 
I have some seeds that I've been planting in the ground and faith only matters to those who have seeds in the ground. And when you have seeds in the ground, what you are then operating in is what the scripture calls now faith. Because Hebrews 11 and 1 says, what shall now faith? It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I just have a question. Is there any now faith praises in the house on this morning who believes in God's goodness and believe that he rewards the people who seek after him? Look at someone and you just ought to say, get you some now faith. Get you some now faith. Sometimes... You have to learn that God is positioning us right where he wants us to be. This young man has taken what's belonged to him, and now he has moved into a faraway country. The faraway country, brothers and sisters, is not measured by distance. Anywhere a man is away from God, a world without God, a world that's forgetful of God, is considered as a far away country. When you choose to exit God out of your life and live according to what is right in our own eyes, we have moved into a far away country. In other words, when you are somewhere that you are not in fellowship with God, you don't belong there. The far away country is a place of robbery. It robs us of our fellowship with God. It distorts the truth and make you lie your truth. It robs you of your self-worth. It takes away your dignity and your pride. It takes away your goals and your ambitions. It takes away your visions and your dreams. Here in the text, this young man is seeking to please himself. The faraway country has now left him penniless. The faraway country has left him friendless. All of those who thought they could count on him and all of those he thought he could count on wanted nothing more to do with him after his benefit was over. And just like him, sometimes we also find ourselves in some of the same predicaments. And we, let our, we admit that our false independence from God gets us into a lot of trouble. We get to the point where we think we can handle things on our own. We think we know what's best for us. We think we can handle everything without divine intervention. We think we can do it all by ourselves and we get to the point where we kick God to the curb. And the Apostle Paul calls this a state of being alienated from the life of God. And to be alienated from God means that we have made ourselves strangers to him because of our sin. Many a times we find ourselves no different from this young man who wanted to fill his belly and pursue his own satisfaction. And just like him, we look for things that can fill us up, but we don't look for things that can fulfill us. We look for things that just can fill us up, but we don't look for things that can fulfill us. And I'm here to tell you that we look for things that can fill us for a season or a period of time. But on this morning, I'm just here to tell you that can't nobody fill you up like the Lord can. God has so much more to offer us than the far away country. God offers his salvation. God offers redemption. 
the promises that are written in the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations and life everlasting all belongs to you. Unlike the faraway country, God does not want to take things away from you, but God only wants to add to your life. For John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes to only steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. The faraway country may have many different roads, but they eventually lead to destruction and a dead end. And on this morning, if anyone in the room or online is in a faraway country, God is calling you to come back home. Here in the text, he is broke and he has no money. He spent all that he had. But what was his wake-up call? Was it his empty, growling stomach? Or was it the fact that all of his friends have now disappeared on him when the money ran out? Probably both. We painfully read the biblical account that when he reached out to his party friends, no man gave unto him. Now he's beginning to realize that sin will take you further than where you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. So now he found himself taking up a job that the Jewish faith frowned upon, feeding the very swine that the Jews were prohibited from eating. And he was tempted to eat the corn husk that they were serving the pigs. But Jesus said in scripture, in this moment he came to himself. See, someone must come back to themselves before they can come back to you. The scripture said that he came to himself. This young man only asked two things of his father in this parable. The first one was a demand when he said, give me. Give me the portion and I'm out of here. Contrast this with the second demand. It wasn't a demand, but it was a request. He said, make me. Make me a hired servant. See, that's a 180 degree shift from arrogance to humility. He came to himself and he realized that he was so much better at home with his father. He was better off with food to eat on the table. He was better off with a roof over his head. He was better off with his father's love. He was better off with a future to look forward to. Some people spend a lifetime in the pig pen and never realize that they'll be so far greater in their father's paradise. They struggle and never come to themselves. But the question is, is what will it take for you to come to yourself? What will it take for you to come to yourself? What did it take for him to come to himself? Will it take defeated efforts? Will it take blighted hopes? Will it take stolen peace? Will it take broken spirits? See, rebellion, brothers and sisters, will keep you out of the pig pen and out of paradise. Selfishness will keep us out of the, will keep us in the pig pen and out of paradise. Stubbornness will keep us in the pig pen and out of paradise. But finally, the scripture says this young man is back home. Children, there's not a parent here today who does not understand the joy that this father expressed. Here in the text, we can envision the father running down the road to greet his staggering son. 
He falls into his father's arms and the father covered him with a kiss. That's the same joy that our heavenly father feels when we make it back to him. When he sees us coming, he meets us more than halfway. When he sees us, he kisses our past away. And he tells us that we are forgiven. And who in their sane mind would not want to serve a living God like that? Who in their sane mind would not want to live in the, the paradise of God's love? To feel the frostbite of hatred replaced with the warmth of his love. Who wouldn't want to feel the headache of pride replaced with the gift of humility? Who wouldn't want to feel the plague of depression replaced with the promises of rescue? Who wouldn't want to feel fault finding replaced with the favor of forgiveness? To feel the chills of arrogance replaced with the award of meekness. To feel the infections of selfishness covered by his generosity. The stroke of stubbornness cured by God's submission. The cramps of self-pity cured by his compassion, the rashes of resentment, cured by his peace. Repentance of our Father has open arms. He's standing there waiting for us to come back home. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you on this morning, that there will be some people in 2023 who is going to make their way back home because your father's paradise has enough grace to save you. His paradise has enough mercy to forgive you. His paradise has enough comfort to sustain you. His fountain is enough to restore you. His glory is enough to inspire you. His righteousness is enough to clothe you. And his truth is enough to sanctify you. And his son should be enough to motivate you. Normally, when people are coming back home, people throw their past in their face. But the Bible says that his daddy looked at his servants and said, Bring me the best robe. Bring me a ring for his finger. Bring me sandals for his feet. My son has come back home. But before we leave here today, I want you to know on this morning that I haven't always been this clean. I haven't always been like I look right now. I haven't always been the preacher that you know. One point in
in a time I was living in sin before he saved my life. And I'm so glad that the God I serve didn't throw me away, but he let me come back, come back home. And in this year of 2023, a lot of people are gonna come back home. And when you see them come home, don't turn them away, but look at them and tell them that Jesus will pick them up out of the pig pen, even if he gotta reach way down to get them. Anybody out there know that he'll pick you up, turn your life around, place your feet on solid ground. I can't speak for you all, but I'm just glad that the God I serve let me come back home. I'm just glad that the God I serve let me come back home. Is there anybody out there glad that God took you back? You was on your way to a faraway country, but he stopped you and he took you back home. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, point at him and say, neighbor, 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 neighbor. I could have been dead, sleeping in my grave, but he stopped by. He made death behave like the old saints used to say. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch, a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Once was blind, but now I can see. It was grace that kept me. It was grace that kept me it was grace that taught me who wouldn't want to serve a god like that and i'm reminded of someone who went on a hill called calvary just so i can come back home they hung him high they stretched him wide he hung his head and then he died they took him off the cross put him in a old borrowed tomb he stayed there all night friday he stayed there all night saturday but somebody ought to shout early 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 on a sunday morning jesus got up out the grave with all power in his hand and living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever and because he lives i can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know who holds the future and my life is worth the living just, just because he lives. And because he lives, I'm gonna be not dismayed.
whatever betides me because God will take care of you. I said 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 God He will take care of you. And I got a question for you on this morning. Won't He do it? Have you tried Him? Ain't He trustworthy? Won't He be there? Shout yeah! Shout yeah! Yeah! yeah. Shout yeah! Shout yeah! yeah. Like a ship that's tossed and driven Oh, at a dark, angry sea Help me say that When the storms of life rage And falls on me So don't worry Y'all help me say it Oh, the Lord will make Oh, when beneath the cross I bow Oh, Lord, he will take away his song Brown. Thank you, Lordy. There's a sweet relief. 
my best in service. Y'all help me sing it. Try to live the best I can. Oh, Lord, when I choose to do the right thing, evil present on every Pass me by as a sweet relief in no end, oh Lord, the Lord will make a way somehow. Come on, help me sing. The doors of the church are open. Oh Lord, when beneath, when beneath, the door of the church is open. You can come by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. It's sorrow. You ought to let him have ya, your burden now. Oh, wind. So heavy. Oh, the weight is shown up on my brow. As a sweet relief. Now listen, listen, listen. The preacher said, you can come back home. The preacher said that the father is always waiting for his child to come back home. Now, coming back home might mean that you first have to come to yourself. And that what she said, you, you might have to come to yourself. And, and maybe there's somebody out there who's lived long enough now and you've had enough happen to you now and you've gone enough places, you've done enough things and you've come to yourself. Here's the good news. The father stands waiting. Just as he did in that parable with open arms welcoming his son and his daughter back home. If you're here this morning and you're ready to come to the Lord, maybe for the first time, or come back home, the doors of the church are open to you. You come right now on this youth day. It ain't just for youth. It's for adults too. Youth can come, but you can come. Wherever you are, whoever you are, the doors of the church are open right now, and the Lord has made a way through Jesus, his son. Hallelujah. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. Come now. Come now. Come now. Young people, if you're ready to give your life to Christ, you've never given your life to Christ. You've been singing about him, but you've never given your heart to him. You come right now. You've been dancing for the Lord, but you've never given your heart to him. You come to the Lord right now. You've been ushering. You've been dickening. You've been praying, but you never said yes to the Lord. You make this youth day your day. Make youth day your day where you say, yes, Lord, I'm giving my life to you now, once, and for all. If you hear the doors of the church are open, come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Wherever you are, come now. Come now. Hallelujah. 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 My God, my God, come now. Come now. When the Lord bowed down so heavy, oh, Lord. The way it is shown 
my God, my God. There's a sweet young people. God bless you. Hallelujah. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let the church say amen. Come on, let's bless God for this preacher. Amen. I know we have a dance. I hadn't forgotten about you. Y'all come on. Y'all come on. Y'all come on. I just had to do what the Spirit led us to do right then. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Young people are coming back to us, Youth for Christ, for this final dance. And then we got a few words before we give the benediction on this morning. Amen. Have you been blessed already? Have you been blessed already? Come on, give God some praise. Come on and thank, bless these young people this morning. Come on and bless them real good. Bless our youth. K Chapel youth. Come on, y'all. Bless them real good. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Young brother Shelton is coming. Put your hand on your neighbor say you have been touched. Put your hand on them say you have been touched. Changed. Healed. Say this totally free from sin. Say that again. Totally free from I have been touched. Changed. Healed. Totally free from sin, every shadow broke. Now I can live again. Y'all say it. Ah! 
our young people, all of our young people, all of our young people, if you got a blue shirt on, if you got a blue shirt on, I want you to make your way to this altar right now. If you got a blue shirt on, amen. If you don't have a blue shirt on and you're still one of our young people, I want you to make your way to this altar. Make your way to this altar. Make your way to this altar. Come on, come on. Come on. Hmm. Y'all get up tight. We, y'all, we, we, amen. Y'all come on. I know we got a lot of numbers, but y'all come on. We, we, we not posing for a picture now. We, we coming for kingdom business right now. We not posing for a picture. We, we coming for king. Y'all get close. Y'all get close to each other. In fact, turn around towards me. Y'all look at me. Y'all turn around and we're going to make a huddle. We're going to make a huddle. Y'all huddle in here. Y'all huddle in here. Huddle in here. Alicia, I'm I'm actually I'm actually Justin, I'm gonna need you to hold Olivia. Amen. Amen. All parents, if you have a child up here, parents, meet me up here. If you have a child up here, get behind these children. Get behind these children. Get behind these children. Alicia, 
you're being called right now. I need you, I need you to go to the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. 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 Um, I know you didn't know this, but 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 the Lord, while while the while while all this was going on, the Lord led me into this moment. So I, I, I just believe this is this is God's doing. This is God's doing. Our young people, um, they're already into summer. So we want to do a few things. Number one, we want to pray God's hedge of protection upon them. We want to pray that God's hand would surround them. But not only keeping them, but as the preacher said, directing them. In other words, ordering your steps. Ordering where you go, watch this, and where you don't. Let me say it to this side. Ordering where you go and where you don't go. That he orders your steps and your stops. Praying also for these parents, not just for the summer, but as your children grow and mature and come into the wonderful persons that they are becoming. I'm looking out here and I'm seeing people, young children and, and then older college students, my own son. How old are you, 20 now? 20 years old. Yeah, I know, right? Listen, here's how I know I'm getting old. When Portia says she's going to sing an old song, and then struck out with silver and gold. I say, yeah, I'm getting old now. But yeah, we're, we're praying. We're praying for you and for the parents. Alicia, I, I want you, I want you to pour into these young people. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for the giftings that they have. I want you to pray for who they are yet to become and what God is doing in their lives. Deacon Sims, where's Deacon Sims? Deacon Sims, if you will come over here after she finishes, I want you to pray for the parents. I'm asking you because you've been here. You've done this. Amen. A new parent. A seasoned parent. Praying for young people and for parents. Can we do that? Pour into them. Pour into their destiny. Pour into their future. Tell them what God has for them. And then you pray for the parents. Father God, thank you so much. First of all, first and foremost, thank you for this day. Thank you for our lives and for waking us up this morning, for breathing life into us like you do every day, faithfully, God. 
you don't just wake us up, but you get us on our way. And you get us to walk about our days, not knowing what's to come, Lord. But we trust in you and we know that you know and you see everything that we will walk into and everyone that we will meet in the day. Lord, I pray that today, this morning, this afternoon, you will let all of our us young souls know you are our guide. You are the brightest, brightest light that shines over our lives anywhere we go, anywhere we go. This world is so big, and yet our connection with you, Lord, is so personal. You followed me across the seas, and I'm here, I'm here with God, the God that I know, the God of Abraham. The God that just covers all generations, past and future. Yes, Lord. Lord, thank you for being that God. Thank you for being that faithful God. <laughs> this morning, we come again and we just, we ask you to, in our paths and in our journeys to allow us to have experiences, Lord, that allow us to trust you even more and to know that you are God. You are God alone before time began. And you will be with us in every season of our lives. Whether we are learning to walk, learning to read, or finding our own selves in our teenage years. Maybe discovering our purpose and walking in that purpose in our college and our early careers. But I just, I pray this morning, Lord, that each one of us standing here online and in the sanctuary will start to form our own personal relationship with you because no one else knows us like you do. No one, not our parents. Not our godparents, not our teachers, not even our spouses. Only you know us intimately and personally. So, Lord, we are covered by you whether we leave. No matter how far we go, we are covered by you, our King and our Father. This morning was confirmation, it was affirmations that you are our King. Lord, like we, like we shared this morning, we love you more than anything. But please help us with the anythings. Help us with the distractions, with the addictions, with the things that aren't feeding us healthy things. Help us. Help us to love you more than anything. And then to see the rewards the riches in your kingdom that come with being obedient to you and following you because we are covered by you. We are covered. So please cover us. Cover our every thought, our every word, our every desire. Let it be in your will and aligned with everything that you are, God, so that we may just be a reflection of you. Yes, 
that we may be a personal, individualized reflection of you in our lives. Cover these young, young souls this morning as we leave this place and we go and, and share who you are. Just be with us, Lord. Be with us, young people. Amen. Father, we come down this morning knowing that you've given us the responsibility of religiously educating our children. Mm. We don't take that responsibility lightly, Father. Because we know what makes us laugh can make us cry. My God, my God. We know, Father, that we won't always see eye to eye with our children. Mm. But let us remember to bow before you. Yes, Lord. That you would give us the mercy the understanding to lead and guide. Father, we stand open as an open vessel, wanting you to pour into us yes, God. what we need. Because we won't always see it. But we ask you for understanding. Father, help us when our children come to us and we don't have the answer. Mm. But we know that you are the answer. Yes, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you would pour it into us. Keep them close to us, Father. Help us to give them all that we can in understanding you. Because that's the best gift that we can give them. Because you've already paid the price for that. And we ask now, Father, that you would just, just touch us. Lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. And, Father, that you don't leave us behind and we don't leave them behind. We pray for your understanding. And that all that we do, Father, let us get a good understanding of what you would have us to do. It is in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now God, now God, now God, cover, keep, protect, and provide. Thank you for every one of these who stand here this morning. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their futures. Thank you for their parents. Oh God, we pray your hand and hedge of protection now. In the name of Jesus, we pray that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. No plan of the enemy, no trick of the devil, no scheme of old Satan himself shall come to anything against them, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. God, we know the enemy is busy. 
but we know that you are real and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, go with every one of these young people. Make their futures bright. Oh God, let them lay claim to every promise that you have ever made them. In Jesus' name, we love you and we adore you and we believe it to be so now. And now, may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Thank you.